I was like, I have stuff I need to fix, but you know what? Your stuff is a lot easier for me to fix, so I will fix that. And you know what? My stuff I can fix later. Yeah, uh, I think that's <laughs> that's literally it. Hi, hi everybody. I'm Eden. And I'm Jay. And welcome to Eden XJ Unfiltered, the podcast where we have created a safe and sexy space to have unfiltered conversations. We might be the same sex, but we have different opinions. We are back. Yes, we are. Apologies for the delay on this one. But before we jump in, if you haven't followed us, please follow us at EdenXJ on all social media. And if you like what you're hearing, leave us five stars on podcasts. Life has been lifing on this side. That's why we missed last week. It has been so crazy with the storm. And if you've been following our journey on social media, especially on Instagram, you would have seen our roof fell. Not roof, but like ceiling. Our ceiling fell through. Our ceiling fell through. <laughs> the rain has been nonstop in LA and it definitely affected us. It's affected our friends. Mm-hmm. And it's just a lot, especially for us who don't have immediate family that we can rely on, um, which, you know, you put out a question on social media and a lot of people came through and sent their theos and their dads and <laughs> whoever can patch things up and help us. Their and contacts and their contractors. And honestly, I'm just like so proud of the community that we built because we don't have family to rely on in that way and it was nice to rely on our instagram family yeah we got it like patched up and she's cute now she is yeah she was a little scary there for a moment (laughs) and that's why we were gone for like like two weeks like even on social media it was really hard to stay like consistent and to have our regularly scheduled programs continue because the house consumed 99% of our brain cells because it was so much happening. And unfortunately, it felt like in the middle of Valentine's or like right before Valentine's Day, which was such a bummer because all of our funds had to go obviously to the house. Um, I know. We had such like romantic plans for each other and we had to just be like, damn. This is not the year. Like adulting. We had to be responsible adults. Yes, we do. But I mean, but that's life, right? And our community that we built looks to us to being honest. And even even when my friends ask, like, hey, like I'm thinking about buying a house, like what do you think? And I will just be very honest with them. It is the most rewarding feeling in the world to have this accomplishment because on paper it is the quote unquote American dream. It is, you know, what you're supposed to do. What they don't tell you is that Even the most perfect turnkey brand new house is going to have issues. And every time there's an issue, it's always $1,000 or more. (laughs) Yeah, no joke. And I think that's the difference between like the wealthy continuing to buy houses and like, you know, first generation like us buying a house. You have to maintain it. And there's always some sort of issue. So you're always putting money into the house. And sometimes if you don't have that money, you're kind of screwed up. Yeah. Obviously, there is insurance. Yes. And we do have insurance. But California, like, insurance companies are dropping everyone left and right. Yeah, that's what they don't tell you as well. And it has just been an an uphill battle quite a bit uh, since we've bought in the house. Like, we've had some beautiful years and, like, no issue. But I think as the weather tends to get worse and worse since, you know, the pandemic, it is – I don't know if like many houses are going to withstand what's coming next. I, I This is, you know, I, I take TikTok with a grain of salt, but every now and then like the world will be flooded, follows up on my feed and I'm like, oh my God, my house is going to be underwater. 
<laughs> I need a submarine. San Diego. I feel like San Diego got it the worst this oh season. Oh my goodness, yes. It looked like you needed a boat yeah. to get around. <laughs> I was like, who's, who's got that friend with the yacht that you can just swim around to your neighbor's house? I low-key feel like LA will be like that in Don't a matter of years. <laughs> Don't put that energy out there. I mean, I hope not. I hope we are in like a good spot. But it just goes to show you like you can never be too prepared. So just preparing yourself. And I think the biggest lesson that we learned is have a Rolodex of people who can fix things. Like yeah. have 10 electricians that you can like depend on. If you can't get 10, then get at least five. Um, rate them from like most expensive to middle to cheapest. And then like do that for everything in your house, for painting, for construction for you know just contracting all the things gardening gardening oh my gosh yeah after the rain the garden is wild out there i know it's like georgia the jungle i can't i'm about to be swinging from some vines here in two seconds (laughs) my avocado tree is just it's just uh, she wild (laughs) but you know we are here we're we're homeowners (laughs) yeah christ Cries in homeowners. Cries in homeownership. Um, but it's a beautiful experience and, you know, <laughs> wouldn't trade it for the world. I feel like this is what people say about kids, right? What? They're like, oh, my God, there's, it's so great and it's such an honor. I want to kill them sometimes. <laughs> I mean, yes, we, true. We have heard that many yeah. times. I mean, this is just like, I guess, our first baby. <laughs> Needs a lot of attention all the time. Well, it's still alive, so we've kept it alive for yeah. four plus years. Good so. job. I'm I'm pretty proud of that. Me too. Me too. And sorry, y'all. So that's why we were MIA. But that it that's I think us in a nutshell. It is life. So instead of giving you a podcast where we have our house like open and we're just stressed out, we'd rather wait, come back when we have processed everything. We're in a good spot, so we can give you the best advice possible because you all deserve it. Yes, you do. On social. We ended up putting out an interesting topic, and it got a lot of feedback, two of them. And if you are not following us on Instagram, again, it's EdenXJ. Every Thursday, we open up the chat for Let's Talk Thursday, and you guys send us questions of things you would like advice on. Two of them were they're kind of the opposite sides of the spectrum, but I think are both very important and can kind of go together. It's how do you find this balance of giving your partner space when you are together and then the other side is how do you build that connection when you're so far apart, when you're long distance? So I think those two topics in general are really good to bring to the, I almost said table. We don't really have a table. We have a couch that we're like cozying <laughs> and like sitting up on. Bring to the safe space. Bring to the safe space. Oh, I love that. So we're bringing those and let's just kick it off. So when we posted on social that baby came was going to DJ Bootcamp. Do you want to just elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, I am starting to learn how to DJ. And where this came from is A, I've always kind of wanted to learn. I just never had the time. But B, last year, I made a pre-baby bucket list of things that I want to knock out before the baby gets here, right? And they're all individual and personal goals that I want to do before my life gets turned upside down with a newborn. And one of those things was learn how to DJ. There are other things on that list, like throw my first festival or- <laughs> Or start a movement. Oh my god, or, we did that. Yeah, there was like a lot of things on there, right? And um, 
I've gone through the list. I've been trucking along. And the last thing on that list was learn how to DJ. So here I am. I've asked my DJ friends to teach me. And DJ Gracie D has been so kind enough to take time out of her day to, to start teaching me. And yesterday was my first DJ boot camp. So I DJed from like 9 a.m. to like 2 p.m. And it was nonstop. Um, it's Aww. very technical. And I'm learning a lot very, very fast because... My first DJ debut is on my birthday party, and that's March 16th in L.A. at Preciosa Night, and I'm excited but equally terrified. (laughs) I need the DJ. Are you going to add a... I have no idea any of this, so I'm not asking questions. (laughs) I'm definitely going to do some air horns for sure, Uh, add some sound effects. I think they're really cool. And I'm just really proud of my little set because I finally put it together and I think it sounds great. And even if people don't vibe with it, like I'm very proud of myself for doing something out of my comfort zone and something that I never thought of really doing. So you should be very proud. I mean, I'm one of the lucky few that gets to get a pre sample of what the set is like. And it is incredible. It takes you on a journey. It's definitely nothing like I've ever heard in any party because you are you are taking me on this like story. And I love how you just made it your own and made it more creative. And I can't wait for everybody to hear it. Thanks, baby cakes. You you mentioned a pre-baby bucket list for those people who don't know what a pre-baby bucket list, baby. Do you want to explain it? Yeah. So um it's kind of like maybe like a mood board I guess a little bit I write down I wrote down all all the things that I want to accomplish before the baby gets here so it's just any life goals or personal goals that I wanted to do before I give birth right and so there's just like a lot of things you know like yeah you had some like specific things and then I think you had some like like overall arching things like what more vague things like I think I remember you saying travel a lot but that could have been anything instead of very specific places and then you had very specific things like DJ festival (laughs) yeah one of the other things that was on the list was attend a festival with you because you had never been to like we had never been to a festival which we did last year Mm -hmm. and we might be going to a couple this year yeah I mean this would be our last year of doing you know just things being different not that we would never go to a festival again as mm-hmm. parents, but things are going to change realistically. And the festival that we went to and the festival experience that I've had was so much fun. And I'm really glad that we got to finally do it because we've been talking about going to festivals together since we started dating. Mm-hmm. They just never came about. Like, yeah. Life kept lifing. Correct. <laughs> then I threw it on that pre-baby bucket list and then we made it happen last year. I think when we made the pre-baby bucket list, we took it very, very seriously. Uh We were diving in. We're like, we are going to knock these things out and we're committing to this because once the train, the baby train has left the station, I think we didn't want to look back and think, whoa, I missed out or, oh, I didn't get to really do that thing or what if we committed to this list and i'm really yeah. proud of us I, I am too a lot of travel was on there i think bora bora was on there and we went to bora bora last year wedding was wedding on there, was on there. <laughs> having the wedding of your dreams which we did mm-hmm. do um so i'm like trucking along this little pre-baby bucket list and yeah, i think I this like is one of the done. last ones yeah yeah 
And when you when you came up with the idea of you know tackling on, you're like, hey, I wrote down I wanted to be a DJ. I'm very serious about it, and I'm I'm gonna start. What do you think? And it was just something that made the most sense. You are so musically like gifted and talented, and you just have always had an ear for sound since I've met you. This giant record collection <laughs> of unique music, I, I just feel like needs to be shared with the world. And it just was something that made sense. And it wasn't, I think a lot of scariness can come from couples who have been together and then their partner is like, I want to do this thing. And it just completely changes or derails from a plan and a journey you have both been on together. And then it's this like unknown right? Anytime somebody approaches their partner with a new career idea or a new passion. And for people who are not so adaptive to change, it can be kind of scary. A thousand percent. I can see where some couples may not survive through change because Mm -hmm. that's like key to a healthy relationship. Doesn't even mean healthy marriage, just healthy relationship in general is learning how to pivot. 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 <laughs> yeah. And and not being afraid of change, you know. You know, I used to think, you know, I used to think that couples either grow together or they grow apart, but you can grow together and still grow independently. Right. And still have this foundation and this strong base, but the branches can kind of spread out in their own ways and still be this big beautiful tree that comes together at the end. And I used to think like, no, you have to be like one big branch tree. Like you have to be one leaf. I don't know. I don't know what I used to think. But I think it was that. It's just like, no, you have to grow together as, you know, with your partner and all these things. But there's something that's even more healthy, you know, when you grow independently but are still like very strong. Together. And it's um it's a conversation I don't really see happen very often on social media, especially when you become a couple and your whole content becomes about being a couple, then the independence gets lost and the individuality gets lost and you're known as a unit instead of being independent. And what I I really want to bring to the podcast and bring to the conversation is How do you maintain that individuality? How do you support your partner through that individuality? And just being a strong couple, but also maintaining your own identity. Mm -hmm. And opening up this conversation and telling people like, hey, my wife wants to do this thing. This is her thing. This is 100% her. I am here to support her. And I can't wait for you guys to experience something that is just hers. She's so confident and unique. And I'm so proud of her for just taking on this new challenge and this new role that you all should be able to experience this too with me. I'm going to be in the crowd with y'all. I'm not nobody special. But what do you mean? You're not going to shake your butt on stage? (laughs) Is that what you want me to do? (laughs) I will support you in any way you want me to. But... I think it was really, really important for me to take a step back. And it's taken me, you know, this long to really realize that. And, you know, my biggest hurdle in couples therapy has been not to fix everything. Yes. I'm a fixer. You're definitely a fixer. 
and you're a feeler and I love all your feels. And sometimes when you, you come to me with one of your feels, like, I feel like I want to be a DJ. I'm like, I need to fix this. I need to like make it happen. Stop it. Stop it. It's just a thought. I just need a partner to just talk it out with me and not make it happen. Yeah. Well, it needs to happen on your own terms if it does at all. And I think that's just something that I've had to learn through over the years. And how does it feel having me take a step back (laughs) and have this level of support versus in the past where I used to be like maybe a little overly supportive? I mean, I think the overly supportive came from abandonment issues for sure and other things that you were dealing with as well. Like you felt like you had to like be part of it or like we weren't a unit, if that makes sense, before. Um, you know, I don't it might not be abandonment issues that might not be something I agree with but you know what it probably was it's easier for me to fix your stuff than to fix my own stuff that's what it is and I don't want to deal (laughs) and I will be honest about that I was like I have stuff I need to fix but you know what your stuff is a lot easier for me to fix so I will fix that and you know what my stuff I can fix later yeah I think that's that's literally it what is that avoidant avoidant sorry not abandonment (laughs) issues avoidance the other a yes but that's fair. That's very fair. I mean, I will own my my shit. And that was like uh, some shit I had to go through for sure. I, I, that's my, my thing, you know, that's been having to work through multiple times and, you know, again and again and again, because what comes so natural to me is to fix things and learning that, you know what, fix your own shit. Eden, like you have some stuff that you need to fix. What is something that you really want to do? What is something that you're passionate about? Where can you put your brain and energy into for you instead of for everyone else? You don't need to fix everyone else's problems. You should start focusing on fixing your own. I love that. (laughs) And what are some of your pre-baby bucket list items? My pre-baby bucket list? Um... So I got to go to the snow finally. Honestly, I could have done without that one. That was on the pre-baby bucket list and something that you've been begging me to do for the last four years. Why? And we finally went. Did you listen to me? Because you're my <laughs> wife. <laughs> we could have let that one go. No, you were on my case I about was. taking you to the snow. I was. And if y'all saw it on social, I think I broke my butt. I really think I broke my butt. And the, that first fall, I was, I'm done. I'm done. Take me home. I don't want to play anymore. Like, I was so over it. And you're like, no, we just got here. We have to keep going. I I did not like it, no. Um, it no, was not soft. It was hard. It hurt. You looked miserable the whole time. I think the only time that you I got a smile out of you was when it was lunchtime. Yeah, and I got snacks. <laughs> But thank you for pushing me to do something that I wanted to do. Um, We don't have to do that again. You know what? I take that back. It was so cool to watch you snowboard and to watch you do your thing. It was like a new level of sexy that instant turn on. I've never seen you so in your element and you just look like such a badass. And I'm like – this was worth it. This was worth all the <laughs> times that it. I fell. I am going to put this in my spank bank. And I'm just so like, fuck, you looked so good. And I don't ever want to not experience that again. 
So if if I keep saying I don't want to ever go back to the snow, I will not experience that again. So if if no, sorry, when we go back, the only thing I ask is that I get lessons. Yes. I need someone. I need to come in with some knowledge this time. You know, I think I wonder if this happens to all couples or if it's just us, but like I totally thought I could teach you how to snowboard. And I think Where was the teaching? I, I I thought I was doing that. I was like, listen, we're going to do the bunny slopes for like two hours and then we're going to graduate to like the medium and high slopes depending on how much you like it. And I thought I was doing a great job by just like explaining how to get up and use your butt and like when you fall, you fall like this. And oh, I, think I got the falling down for sure. For sure. <laughs> and I think there's like, I think when you're in a relationship, you kind of like, you're like, yeah, I can teach you. You just do this, 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 and that. And I think there's different ways of teaching and I think it comes off different when you're in a relationship and you're teaching your partner something. I think you have to understand their learning style <laughs> because like a love language, like a travel love language, people have different styles of learning. Mm-hmm. I am a like, technical visual learner. I need someone to walk me through the mechanics of how everything works. You almost need a diagram. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I need something. I need Jesus. I need an inflatable. I need, I need butt pads. Butt pads, the kind the drag queens wear, yeah. the, the extra cushion. Yeah. That's what I need. But Right. And here, here I was thinking that I can just explain it to you verbally and then you would just get it. Thank you so much for having so much confidence in me. (laughs) There's no way that's going to like do Lulu love me like the way you do. (laughs) Now I know. And yeah, a thousand percent you need lessons from someone that is not your partner. Someone that is a professional in teaching people how to do it. Facts. And that's what I learned on that trip. Yes. And then I also want to teach the babies and I want them to know how to snow and ski and like whatever sport if they choose to and I don't want to be the one holding everybody back because I didn't have the best experience on the on the board but I won't that stop me I will get lessons your outfit though fierce chef's kiss you look like you were a professional snowboarder up there I was definitely there for the aesthetic (laughs) I just remember sorry to derail this really quickly I remember when I fell and I was just not wanting to get up. I laid there like, I don't know, a corpse just like staring at the sky. And I could just contemplate it. Like, how did I get here? Like, what did I do in my life to get here? Uh, And then I saw the little ski slopes where they carry people. I don't know, the little hanger thing that you sit on. I don't know what it's called. The lift. The The ski lift. The ski lift. I'm like laying down, staring at the sky. The lift is lifting people. And then... There's two people sitting on the seat, and one guy yells at me, hey, lessons are fun too, you know, and like, we're fun to hang out with, so if you need lessons, <laughs> just let me know, and I just watched him lift away. Oh my and God. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm just, that was like, I just got here five minutes in, and even <laughs> he was like, lessons are fun. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, bro, I need them. <laughs> My bad. And I'm just, I can't even get up right now. I just went, ow. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure they saw how bad I ate it. Um, uh, but here we are. It's a nice, it's a nice core memory. <laughs> it is. That was also on my list. <laughs> yes, that that was on the preview bucket list. Um I mean the the wedding was such a huge one for for me and for us. And um I 
I keep going back and forth. And if I'm honest, um, there is something that I've always wanted to do or just finish. Um, I wanted to finish getting my master's. And I was thinking about doing it in psychology and getting my certificate as a marriage and family therapist. Ow, you do really good in that. Oh, thank you. I, I just feel like that's just something that if I had, you know, if all the money and the time was not an, an object, that's what I would like want to do for fun is just sit with people and help them and help them navigate through the complexity of their thoughts and their feelings and their experiences and that's just you know something that I genuinely enjoy and I would love to have more tools in my toolbox to help people do that uh and you know that's just been on my bucket list but it's just such a big ticket item um that I keep going back and forward with it you know and I've been looking at scholarships and then I've been looking to see what I could apply for. Uh, I'm definitely not getting a running scholarship on this one anymore. <laughs> My time has come. Um, yes, yeah, sorry for those of you who don't know. I used to run track and cross country professionally back in the day. And I ran all the way up to, to college from like elementary school. I got pretty good at it. She's still very, very fast, y'all. Don't let her fool you. Uh, not enough for a scholarship. Um, so I got to do this on my own. I got to do some car washes. I got to do some fundraising. Some OF. <laughs> some OF to pay for my tuition. But um, I don't know. That's just, I don't, it's been on my mind. And I've been and it's something about that it. we definitely want to work towards. You're right. It is a big, bigger ticket item. But like, it's totally doable. Yeah. You know, with the right planning and adjusting and for sure. Um and that's I think to the to your point, I need to focus on, you know, getting my ducks in a row to do something like that if it's that important to me and not fixate so much on getting like your ducks or anybody else's ducks in a row because I could easily start aligning other people's ducks and I gotta really reiterate and like focus on my own. Um, but that has just been a journey. It's something I work towards a little bit every day. And the other one, the the other, I think, big ticket item for me is that um, there's two books I really want to write. Mm-hmm. And they're, they have been on my, you know, I wouldn't even say baby bucket list, but this has just been something I've been talking to you about since we met. Life goals. Life goals. And it's just been one of those things that just always burns in your like heart and in your mind. For those of you who can relate, you know what I'm talking about. It's just like I need to do this and get it out just so I could stop thinking about it. Um, And when I think about it, I get excited or I want to, you know, share this thing with the world because I think it would really impact people. But I just, again, with all the money and time aside, that would be something I would also love to do. And it's on my list. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to knock it out. I'm going to knock it out. Or at least start it before the baby gets here. Good. Yes, I can do that. I can okay. start. And I can start with a plan. I can get my you little You heard ducks. it here. She <laughs> said she's going to start the book process before the baby comes. And just FYI, I am getting pregnant in July. <laughs> and I, I think one of the books I definitely have to because um, actually one of them is a baby book. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a baby book I've I've had I think in me that I really want to finish, and it's it's so personal. That's why it's taken me a long time to, you know, finish the I don't know the outline the outline and the base of it. So hopefully 
I got to get this done before the summer. <laughs> and I'm like, babies don't read that much. so I But I think that's <laughs> awesome because with my um, pre-baby bucket list and having to separate in that way, that should give you more than enough free time to start on your books and start on like the planning of them. You know, that's where the independence is kind of like a good thing. Yeah. And I, going back to the independence and how we're navigating it, when you told me um, your boot camp coach, shout out to Miss Gracie D and Tiki's on the Beat, um, they are not even just them, but all of our resident DJs have had your back and are super adamant about, you know, training you and getting you to where you need to be. But Gracie and Tiki's offered up their home. They're like, hey, if you're down, if you're serious, come over to our house. We're going to start DJing from the moment you go to sleep, the moment you wake up, all of the things. And if you're committed to it, like, we'll we'll clear the schedule. And then when you told me that, I was just like, go. That makes sense. And I wasn't waiting for an invitation. And I also didn't expect one because this is something that you should be dedicating your 100% time and attention to and as much as I can say like I'll just sit in a corner and just be like cheering and so proud I know that can be distracting as well mm -hmm. just me being there and like right. looking for my reaction and looking for anything I, I approval approval <laughs> and I don't want to sway something that you just feel passionate about like when you're ready to ask me for my opinion I feel more comfortable giving it to you then but I don't want to sway it or interject it. Like, I don't know what your full creative process is. So I can think, hmm, this could sound better if it was this. But who knows what the end, you know, idea was. And I could have swayed it off. And I don't want that. I, I want you to finish something and be proud of it. And so we were, we separated. I, I slept by myself. I had Alfie. Probably the first time in a long time. First time in a long time, but there was there was nothing like strange about it or uncomfortable or, or anxiety ridden. Well, there's also a lot of trust there too. Yeah, I mean trust and love and respect. I trust you as my wife to not have anything to not trust you about. I love you and I will love you when you come back and I respect your independence as a person. So I think all of those three things, I was like, cool come back when you you know when you're ready and I can't wait to hear all about it and I wasn't texting you or blowing you up if anything you were texting me and I was like hey <laughs> I thought you wanted uninterrupted time because I'm trying not to text you back <laughs> I just said I love you I, I miss know you. which I do too but then I'm like that opens up the conversation Sorry. for me to be <laughs> like how's it going and like it was very tempting for me but I had to fully restrain myself <laughs> But that's just because I'm excited for you. But I think that's a good point, right? I think when you get in, especially into queer relationships, there's a lot of codependency that happens automatically. And sometimes you're unaware. Like sometimes you're like a year and a half in and you're like, oh shit. Like, how did that am happen? I? <laughs> what do I, I like individually versus what do we like? Mm -hmm. And how did that happen? You know, because it's very easy to fall into patterns and it's very easy to just, this is the new norm now, you know, like. I go out with my partner and I go to all the parties with my partner and that one time that I don't have my partner, it's like, oh, where's my partner? Like, this feels weird. Yeah. And so you kind of scurry back to what you know, which is only being out with your partner. It's just having the, you know, the awareness of 
the independence and that it may have been lost. Mm-hmm. And it, it slowly happens. It's kind of, I would presume, normal when you get into a relationship. Not just, I feel like I notice it more between queer relationships, especially with women, but I would presume straight relationships happen too. Like Gay this. boy relationships as well. Yeah, where you kind of just cocoon into one. And, you know, when we think about representation on social media, a lot of the couples that I see, I only see them as couples. I don't know a lot about them independently. And when that light bulb hit, it made me realize, I was like, do people know us individually? Because we are so different. And we couldn't be the furthest and the most opposite, but that's why we love each other. And it's just being more aware of like, hey, let me remind y'all why Jay is a boss and a body by herself. And, you know, like, I'm cool, too. You're totally about it. I mean, <laughs> that's why I feel like that's why we're fire, you know? It's because we both individually, individually, we're both pretty awesome people. Um, and we've accomplished a lot. And we're definitely go-getters. But together, it's like an unstoppable team. I've always felt that about us and our relationship. And there, there's, like, power to that, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we we obviously are a couple that works together. So a lot of our life blends mm-hmm. over. and Especially with Preciosa Night. Especially with Preciosa Night. Our other baby. And our page. And our life is this bubble where, you know, we do so much together because that is what we've built. And I love it. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. And it has been a process. But now this, like, second phase is being aware of, like, hey, we built a pretty damn good bubble. Now it's time to expand on this. And expand in your way, expand in my way, and expand for our viewers because I feel like you can offer so much to our viewers and our community about things that you're independently passionate about and probably don't get as much love because it's not something we do together. Like, True. DJing is not something I can take on with you on this journey because my brain is already filled with other things <laughs> and I got to get my own ducks in a row. And I just feel like that should be highlighted. You should be able to say, like, hey, this is day whatever of me DJing. This is what I learned for anybody else looking to start from scratch, you know, and you have a lot to offer. And then, you know, on, on my side, it's just you know, there are different things that I can offer as well. And I like reserving time to listen to people and to talk to them and to hear what's going on in their life and to give advice and so these are these are just two different elements that you know we're strengthening as we go but making time for it right yeah. that is i think the best way to start like peeling the codependency like peeling it off and like separating it a little bit and i wouldn't say like rip the bandaid off and just like completely move out of each other's apartments and take time apart and like reset you can make this a slow and gradual process. And I honestly think that that makes it a little bit more easier to stick with and to be more aware of when you do things little by little. Yeah. I think you put it in a perfect way. Oh, thank you, maybe. This is how we navigated being super close together and needing to take some space and some separation for independence. Now, the opposite side of the spectrum is when you're so far apart and you're basically having independent lives, how do you bring them together? Long-distance relationship people, this one's for you. You all have been asking for a while now because I think there are a lot of long-distance couples 
in our DMs and that are in our community. No, I agree. Have you ever been in a long distance relationship? I would say the closest thing I got to being in a like a long term long distance relationship that I really cared about was with you when you would travel a lot. That's true. We were kind of in a long distance relationship early on. Yeah, surprise, surprise if you're new here. Yeah. We did. We we did that. (laughs) We did. When we first met, I was traveling a whole lot for work. I would I was in Australia every other month. I was in New York uh, the other month that I wasn't in Australia and Florida. And it was just, I basically lived out of my suitcase every two weeks. Um, It was crazy. It was a wild ride. And it was a lot of fun when I was single. (laughs) It made sense. Um, But once we met, that quickly changed because all I wanted to do was, you know, spend time with you. Obviously, I had to work. um, So that lifestyle just didn't apply or didn't didn't really go with like what we were trying to build and what I wanted to do in this relationship. This is the thing. The long distance, I think, has different layers to it. And a big factor is time zone. Yeah. And you probably had the worst of the time zones. Well, yeah, no because <laughs> I think it's like a 12-hour difference in Australia or some, something crazy. Yeah. It takes a whole day to get there. So you lose a day. And then whenever I would call you, it was like my after hours, right? So like 6 p.m. Uh, Australia time. And it was like 4 a.m. here. Yeah. So I could never catch you. And if I caught you, it was like you were just waking up or I had to wake you up to have a conversation and vice versa. When it was like end of the day here, it was like I'm sleeping. I'm yeah. tired. I spent all – I did, you know, a whole day of work. And, and I'm like waking up ready to talk to you. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's like 3 a.m. So that was pretty gnarly and an experience, but we survived. And I think the way that we survived was checking in all the mm-hmm. time, um, sharing mm-hmm. our day with each other. Yeah. You know, I would send you pictures of like anything cool that I saw or I did and vice versa. You would do the same. So we were constantly in each other's lives without feeling like we weren't, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we... You are so sweet. So there's a couple of different things that we did to make the loneliness feel less lonely. Um, The love was there because you do have to have love. You do have to have trust. I think that's key for a long-distance relationship. Mm -hmm. And you have to have, like, I would say a goal or something to plan and look forward to to make the loneliness feel less intense. And love was there. The trust was there. And knowing that you were going to come back. Even though it was like almost two months, I was like, okay, there is something we're working yeah. towards. There's a goal. <laughs> there's, there's a finish line. There's a finish line. We're getting, we just got to get to it. But in this time, like two months is a long time. I know for those who are in a long distance relationship, it's it's not because this is your constant Day-to-day. and this is your reality. So this is not to compare at, at anything. But in our opinion, what we did in that, that short time two months and I actually think you brought it up (laughs) you were like I don't think I could do long distance because this was kind of hard but it was just because for us our love language is physical touch yeah and that was the one thing that was really hard to connect um so far away and you know we tried different things um and it got us by but I would say one of the really cool things that you would do is you would send spontaneous gifts Mm-hmm. and I'm not gift talking. giving is also my love language <laughs> yeah you lean into other love languages hard <laughs> and one of them was I think you would just you would send me lunch on days that yeah. I was super busy at work and 
you would just schedule it. it and so days that you would be asleep it was just really cool because it made me feel like you were there and you were thinking of me and that was really really sweet that you know you would do that made you feel less lonely um obviously the facetiming and the calls were amazing we got to spend that time together so that visual connection was great and I remember whenever you would go to like eat or have a break you would kind of take me on this like visual journey with you you would take pictures and you're like this is what I had for lunch today and here's my view from this and you sent so many that it kind of felt like I was there with you Mm -hmm. and I got to experience this view and this food and you got really descriptive of like the things that you liked and it was still fairly new. So I was still learning a lot about you and it felt like it was a different type of relationship and experience, even though it it was virtual, it was still, you know, really, really cool to, you know, have that. We could have easily just, it was so new. We could have easily just like, okay, like we'll pick this back up when you're back. Mm -hmm. Um, if we decide to, but we were very much like, committed to it like we were in a long distance relationship keeping the flame alive every single day like putting in energy and there'd be days you were so tired and days that I was so tired but we kept the phone calls going and I think like long term I don't know for us if it would have survived I know who knows we are we're so in love and we're so strong but it was yes the love was there but that was a lot you know like that was just the two months that I was gone, but mm-hmm. I was also traveling. Like when I got back, it was also like, okay, I'm here for two weeks and now I have to pack up and leave for two weeks. Like, yeah. Or like one week out of the month. Like it was, there was a lot of traveling that I was doing the first year that we were together. And I think that made me realize like, yes, we could have done it. We're very strong and independent and we probably could have figured it out. But to your point, my love language is physical touch. Like that is my number one always. And I can't imagine not like you know embracing you on like a day that you're sad Mm -hmm. like for example I think one of the the core memories from our long distance relationship era was was when your bunny died yeah cannoli Mm r.i.p and I wasn't there I was like in Hawaii Mm -hmm. um working nonstop, and I got the call from you and you were so frantic and so sad and it was devastating to not be able to be like, okay, I'm gonna, I was I'm gonna hy- come over and like take care of this for you. Hysterical, like Cannoli and I have been together for like five years, and she was just my my only buddy that yeah. I had, and I think I was still dealing with a lot of loss, and this was just like one more thing. Yeah, that, that was, this was my thirteenth reason. Literally, I couldn't do it. it was very triggering and. And normally I never panic, and I'm not one to get emotional. I'm very like, okay, what do I need to do? I couldn't move. I felt like I was just paralyzed and I was like just scream crying on the phone. Yeah. And and I was stuck on an island. Yeah. Hundreds of miles away from you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do I do? Like my girlfriend is having like a panic attack. It's like just not in the right state. Like what can I do from here right now in the middle of my shift? Yeah. And I like I was like I'm gonna take care of this like I'm gonna just figure this out because the last thing you want to do is um think about you know what to do with her remains and so I remember it was I, all triggering yeah like, all, I, I knew it I, I knew couldn't that. go through it again like going to a funeral home yep. and like figuring this out and 
I, I just, I couldn't do it. I, and it I knew that soon. as your partner. I knew how triggering. It wasn't like just that Cannoli had died. It was that it was so close to mm-hmm. your mom dying and all of that trauma and how triggering this death was for you that I was like, how do I help her from here? And I remember I like I was like, I'm going to take care of Cannoli. Let me just figure this out. And I remember going to my boss and being like, my girlfriend's going through some things right now and I just need a one hour. Like I just need an hour to like figure this out. And he was like, yeah, go for it. And in that hour, I found like a really incredible uh, pet cremation place mm-hmm. in DTLA. I called them. I was like, I don't know if you have any appointments, but I really need to book like the best of the best. And I need the address and they were so nice. Like I'm going to plug them in here because if you ever (laughs) deal with a loss of a pet, like this place was incredible. Do not judge a book by its cover, (laughs) first of all, because the outside looks sketch as fuck. Like (laughs) I remember when when you you just said, go here. You just said, here's a pin, go here. Take cannoli here. Take cannoli. I've taken care of the rest. And just for, uh, just for like context, it was so hard and i don't know if there are any other bunny lovers out there that are listening um cannoli started like having seizures and getting really sick and she was just i mean i don't even want to get too graphic to it but i i took her to the local vet like the nearest animal hospital they don't treat rabbits and then i went to another one they don't treat rabbits and then i got this list and they're like here are all the places that accept rabbits and i'm like i feel it i'm running out of time and i just want someone to take her and like see her and no one's going to help me. And so I start calling all of these numbers on the list that have a rabbit next to it. And then they're either not in business anymore or they've moved locations or they shut down or they don't accept rabbits. And by the time I got to like the fifth one on the list, she had already died. Yeah. And there was just like nothing I can do. And that's when I got the call. And it was just like. I I don't know. I got I went back home because I didn't know what else to do. And then you just sent me a pin and you're like, just take her here. I've taken care of everything. And I get to downtown LA and it is just in this like industrial area that looks so sketch. I'm like, where am I taking her? And I'm like so emotional. And then as soon as you walk in, it is just like this oasis. I honestly nicer than the place I was able to take my mom like this is the most the most I think just takes the burden and the heaviness and the sadness off because you already feel like they're in a better place they're in a healing place and I don't know what they put in the diffuser to make you feel so calm (laughs) but it's working and um the staff was just so incredibly kind they didn't treat cannoli like an animal they treated her like a person yeah and they gave her they gave her time with me and they treated her gently and it was just such a beautiful experience where I just felt at ease and at peace that she was going to be okay and then you paid extra for like this whole service for me to get her like paw and for me to get her like her tag number and like a final message and a little cremation jar with bunny ears on yeah, top of it. because she deserved the best. She was your buddy. She was my buddy. And it just spoke volumes because, like, with – you had just, like, such a small amount of a window to do something, and you did it, and you did it so well. And I think in those moments, 
when you feel like, okay, maybe I can't do long distance because my partner can't be there for me when things get hard, you can. Like the, the internet and like the resources and so many things are literally at our fingertips all the time. You just have to be, you just have to figure it out. And you did. And it just made me feel like, okay, even when we're miles apart from each other, I can always count on you to be there when things are hard. And that just made me extra fall in love with you in <laughs> our long distance phase. <laughs> and it's possible. It's absolutely possible to keep something like that going and to keep working at it if it if it's worth it. And well, that's what I was going to say. You kind of, you have to want to do it. Mm-hmm. Because in that moment, all I wanted to do was take away the pain of losing your buddy yeah. um, and make it easier for you. Because the last thing on your mind is like, what do I do with her now, you know? And I was putting myself in your shoes. Like, if I, if Alfie, God forbid, um, died, the last thing I'm going to be thinking about is what to do with his body, you know? Yeah. And his, yeah, like, I can only imagine how crazy that must feel. So for me, it was like, how can I help her? Well, let me take care of the next step and, like, yeah, have her not worry about that. I think when we were gone, I think I remember you called a friend to come in and take um, Cannoli's house, her little yeah. cage, out of the out of the house, so I didn't have to see it when yeah. I got home. Right, and I thought that was really sweet because I don't think I would have had the the like heart to do it myself um, to like throw it all away, especially because I just bought her this like cute little two story condo for my bunny. <laughs> she did have <laughs> she had a little a condo, house with little heart doors and everything, and a little hutch. She was so spoiled, um, but. But to your point, like you did, you did so good from so far, and you know it's it's it. Anything is possible, and I feel like that's what you should take away for those of you that are in long term relationships. It long is possible. Long, sorry, <laughs> and I think that's what you we should take away from this story, or that y'all should take away, is that if you're in a long distance relationship, it is possible to be successful in it. As long as you're both putting in 100%. I think that's key because there are often times where one person is lacking and the other person is like going the extra mile and that's also like exhausting. And what I've seen work really well, I feel like we did a whole long distance relationship in a short amount of time because when I was thinking like, okay, what are things that you would normally do? Like, you know, send pictures, do the calls, send the gifts. Also travel and meet in the middle oh yeah yeah and we did that too too. (laughs) for one weekend you flew me out to hawaii to catch you in one of your other um travel gigs Mm -hmm. and it was just one weekend and it was a beautiful weekend and it made me getting through another month like a lot easier yeah and i think just having and that was more spontaneous it wasn't something that we had planned no i think i yeah i had asked my boss it was like valentine's valentine's weekend (laughs) and we were at dinner and we were talking about he was like what are your you know how's it going with your person or like whatever and i was like you know yeah she's would love to spend valentine's with her but i'm stuck on the island working with you with you (laughs) and he was like i think it was like a thursday night when we were having dinner and he's like well you have the weekend off why don't you just fly her out and i was like i can do that like what (laughs) and he's like yeah i just i mean you're off so yeah, you can do whatever you want the weekend. And immediately after dinner, I was like, babe, I'm flying you out. Because at the time, you know, I was making pretty decent money. So 
Mm-hmm. I was like, babe, pack your bags. Uh, tomorrow you're flying out of LAX at 5 p.m. And we're spending the weekend together. And it was so fun. Oh, it was the Probably best. one of my favorite core memories. I, there were so many beautiful and magical things from that trip. I will never forget. And I'm so glad we did that. Me too. We could have just like waited it out another month and that would have been fine. I obviously would have been waiting for you. But it was just very sweet to have like a cute little trip together mm-hmm. um, during this time apart. And I think when you came back from that trip, because that was the longest you had been gone, I think that's when we started to think, I don't know if this is going to work um, for the both of us. Um, yeah. Just because we we did it and we got through it and it made us stronger and, I, and we love each other so much. But all of our love languages, of all of them, physical touch is definitely – a strong one for us mm-hmm. and it's one that is really hard to ignore um but we tried <laughs> I did I think I stuck with that job for like the end of the year and then it was like you know I I can't continue this is a great job and it had a lot of perks don't get me wrong yeah. great money lots of travel and lots of on the fly which at the time I I wanted that's what I wanted yeah. I didn't really want to deal with like I think I was very much like you. I was like, this is, I'm comfortable with this. I like <laughs> living out of a suitcase. I like not having to think about like, am I working on a relationship? Am I working on myself? I'm just getting distracted and I can go and fix other people's problems. And then it got to the point where I'm like, no, I really want to make it work with this girl. And this job is going to be a problem, you know, because it demanded so much of my time and energy. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, like it's one or the other. And I picked you um, gladly and I would have done it over and over again because this this road has been so crazy and <laughs> we still get to travel and we still get to do a lot of things. But I have my person. Aww. So I think it was worth it. Definitely. And I mean, we learned a lot in, in that early stage of our relationship, especially as far as working and careers. And i what I mean, I'm a little bit of a workaholic, but I used to be a, a little bit a worst one, a worst one when we first started dating. And I think it would have been a little bit more out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And I would have just kept working like all hours, all the time because I wouldn't have like time to like need to dedicate to somebody. Yeah. So I think I would have lost the love and the connection that was and, very fragile in the beginning. And this isn't to say this is everyone's story. This no. is just us based off of who we are and our love languages and what we wanted out of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Because I do think, you know, long distance can work. You just need to put in the work. 100%. And this is not a saying like, quit your jobs and like chase love. Like do whatever you need to do for you that is safe for you, for us. And it wasn't like we – had quit our jobs and, you know, just did anything. We changed our jobs Mm -hmm. because the jobs that we had, we had no boundaries and we had been working there for so long together. It would, it wouldn't, it wasn't anything possible that we can just like all of a sudden put those boundaries up and say like, I'm not down to do these things anymore or work these extra things. I've already set this precedent that I am, you know, a person that goes the extra mile or I'm, I'm available all the time. All hours of the day. (laughs) I think that was one of the biggest things. I'm like, okay, normally, like, I get calls from work at, like, 10, 11 p.m., 2 a.m. sometimes. And when I was in this relationship, I'm like, I can't do that. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't just, like, pick up and go anymore, Mm -hmm. you know? I have a person. I don't – yeah, it was totally different. For us, it made it impossible to plan anything because 
we both had high demand jobs with no boundaries and that was just our normal for so long yeah. and for me i remember I, I like took vacation time vacation time where you're supposed to be off and a fire happened at work and everyone was blowing up my phone and we made this agreement with each other we are not working we're committing <laughs> to a goddamn weekend like we're gonna do this and my phone was nonstop, and I had to tell my boss like I'm on vacation I will come back in you know two days you can hang in for two days and I will be there and I can fix this and sure enough I got like pulled into a meeting and it was like hey, we just were hoping that you'd be more of a team player. Of course. And you'd be more available. And for me, I think that was my, the end straw. 13th reason. I just can't. Um, it's just not healthy. It's not healthy to not be able to take a break or disconnect. And I'm not doing anyone any sort of service if my mental health is at risk. And I am the biggest hustler and grinder and I can problem solve through anything but I can't help anyone solve anything unless I'm like healthy myself and you're healthy. And I think we realized we're in very unhealthy jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should probably fix this now that we know what a healthy relationship is yeah. like. Our work environment was so toxic. And we're like, how can we preach and be this healthy dynamic if the moment we step out those doors, it is back into toxicity. It is yeah. back into this like, high intense energy and disrespect and no boundaries and yeah Dude, toxic workplaces that's a whole other episode whole honestly other one and I've, i i'm down to talk about it if you're down i'm here down here we go I, I feel like even in the course of this like after the pandemic it feels like the work culture has shifted quite a bit but if y'all remember how it used boundaries to be. like you know i think with the world coming to an end and just in general like a culture shift um, people are more aware of their mental health and they're putting that and thank God that they're doing that because yeah, five years ago, it was not that five years ago, you grind until you, you die you, until you die. <laughs> and that's it. Like, and you take the shit that people, you have a shitty boss. That's the norm. You get paid minimum wage. That's the norm. You put up a sexual harassment. That's, that's the norm. norm. Yeah. So I'm really happy in the direction that we're going and yeah, maybe that's next week's episode or something. Oh, maybe we can sprinkle some imposter syndrome on top Oof, of that. That's another one. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Again, life has been lifing over here. And if you've been following our life journey, you know it's never a dull moment. But we appreciate you so much and we love you. And we will see you next week. Also, don't forget that we're throwing up this. Yes, and I. Oh my God, yes. For your birthday. Your favorite Pisces on March 16th. And we have a link in our bio for tickets. It's going to be a blast. It's my first DJ gig. You don't want to miss it because <laughs> this is going to be a historical moment. I can't wait for you to be like headlining Coachella. And Ooh, she's putting it in the universe. People can say, I caught her first set. I was this close. And yeah, I, I can't wait for that moment to happen. Thanks, baby cakes. I will be there. And on that note, wait, bye. We, oh. We're also on a full tour now. So if you're oh. not just in LA, we got tickets for Miami up. San Francisco is up. New York, we're coming for you soon. So stay tuned and be sure to follow everything at EatNextJ for all those things. And then don't forget about Preciosa Night because there's a lot happening over there too. Yes. Yeah. And on that note, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.